heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Placing their opinion on the line, it's the verdict. Sarah Sarna, 200 metres to go, went for the doctor. A length and a half, Arkansas kid, then Vivier. Still Sarah Sarna, 100 metres to go. Going great guns for Johnny Allen. And Sarah Sarna, too good. Sarah Sarna, two and a quarter, Arkansas kid. In the end, it was a one-act affair in the Sandown Guineas with Sarah Sarna. Uh, capping a magnificent day for Robbie Griffiths and Matty DeCocco. I think when I was watching the coverage on Saturday, Robbie said it was his... Was it his 35th wedding anniversary on Saturday as well? Fantastic. Good morning, Robbie. Morning, Michael. How are you? She's, she's, she's put up with a bit, Robbie. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 34, <laughs> and uh, I'm hoping to get to 35 if I behave. Bill Gates early crowed the 35. Yeah. A lot of you water to go under the bridge home. between now and then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Robbie. Um, Yes. That was a really significant result for the stable, I reckon. Your, your training partner's been with you for two or three years now and you've always been that trainer who wins a lot of races over summer and you had, obviously, the quarterback with the, with the Group 1 win. But nice to, A, your, your association with Magnus, through King Magnus, through that amazing uh, ATM machine that he's provided you with, but to also win the Guineas as well. It's a, it's a, it's a good brand sort of promotion for the stable, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, it, you know, you had plans and strategies and uh, as we all do in sport, when you want to build build a brand, which we started, you know, three years ago and um, to see it come to fruition um, with all of our young horses like Sarasana and the oldest crop we've got from our, um, you know, when we started the partnership before and we got horses like Aberfeldy Boy and, and so on. So to see everything starting to build the right way has uh, made, made Saturday very, very rewarding. Hey, Robbie Shark here. When Matt came over and you started to, you know, educate him about Australian racing, etc., can you remember when you introduced him to Magnus? Did you have to say, well, I know I've got a lot of these horses in the yard, but there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, you know when you've got the breeding of them in the stable. <laughs> Magnus by Magnus yeah. by Magnus. Did he say, mate, what's going on here? <laughs> it's funny you say that because the, the very first day he arrived and went to Flemington Races, Hal Borson went down the straight. So his introduction to Magnus was very good from the get-go. And, yeah. uh, and we've even taken it to the next level now. We bought Birdad out of a Magnus mare. So. Oh, my God. Just just tell us about the... You you have a deeper connection. I remember um, Lloyd Kennerwell was the first to latch onto I'm Invincible for, yeah. for Mr. And, and all those. And uh, and then he, he sort of cashed in early on it. But you, you've been on the Magnus bandwagon for, for 10, 12 years and no other trainer has quite uh, had the same association. What, what exactly is it about the... Is it the right price point the, for your, your clients? What, tell us what it is about Magnus? Well, it was a combination of all of those things. One, you know, he was an outstanding racehorse in a, in a stellar year, and he's got such a fantastic pedigree as Flying Spurs, you know, one of the best bred horses that was at stud, and then, you know, being out of the Black Caviar family, he's got uh, he's got it on both sides. So, And he was quite compatible to, you know, uh, 
Hal Vorson's mum flourishing. So we started, we bred him and then we started buying them because of price point and they just kept winning and gave owners a lot of uh, enjoyment for a, a little outlay and uh, and they stayed in that price range pretty much forever. So it gave it's us difference. the opportunity. Yeah, they're great. They're a bit snitchy, like, you know, he'll, they'll have, he'll have a bite and so will Hal Vorson, but they've got to have that little bit of quirkiness to be good horses, to have that character on race day. So... They're, they're all, the good ones are all a bit like that, but um, but yeah, they're just so durable to handle all conditions, and as we've seen, so they're fantastic breed. They just they just seem to be super reliable. Too, Aussie conditions, probably. Aussie demands, Aussie conditions. Yeah, like yeah. King Magnus is mm. is almost typifies mm. them from the outside looking in. Mm. He he's just such a reliable horse. Yeah, he is, and uh, as you say, Sharky, you know, like he can. You know, you can handle any conditions that, you know, and especially this time of year, a lot of horses can't. So when the rain comes Saturday, you've never seen uh, owners and trainers and connections so happy to get a wet day on the second day of summer, you know. So we, we uh, most people are whinging about that. But uh, for him, it, it, it just helps him and, you know, can, can disadvantage others. So, you know, he's such an all-rounder and, uh, and the breed are very much like that. So they're being terrific to us. And Sarah Sada, uh, Robbie, was a good return to form. She won on debut. I know you've always had a big opinion of her, but was it the um, the sting out of the ground or the step up to 1,600 metres? Because she went to another level on Saturday. Oh, probably both. I think it's more the step up in, in, in distance because, um, you know, she she's... I think she's come on so much because of the um, uh, the fact that she's so lightly based and had a gap between races. She's, she's actually learning her craft as she's going, you know, so... Um, she's a filly that can run a blistering split, as we've seen on debut when she won and ran something like 32 and a half the last, you know, uh, last 600. So, um, and Alboris uh, has, has been really good form line. So, but she having a gap, you know, from February to October with a, a enforced gap with the little injury she had when she, you know, bombed the start at Sandown. I don't think she sort of really knows a lot about racing, and I think this is the first time she's had some continuance with Sandown. Caulfield, where she didn't really rest properly, and we strode forward at Sandown over 14. She really fought back. Uh, those that had a good look at that race, she really had a dip back, giving us the encouragement that we'd go to 16. Because that was always her plan in the early part of the spring, but she just sort of took a little while to, to come on, and we missed the, the Phillies guineas. So having a crack at the 1600 was something we thought she could do, um, but then to see her do it Saturday was uh, was outstanding. Does she go for a break now, or um, what do you do? Yeah, we'll, we'll just let the dust settle and, and speak to the ownership group. But the most, uh, there's really not a lot for her now, so she may as well have a rest. And where where she aligns herself in the autumn, it comes around a bit quick now, being December. So whether, but the fact that she's handled the soft, and we know how good Snitzels are in in the ground, you know, all of a sudden if Sydney's a bit wet, um, you know, that could be her go to head up to Sydney instead of uh, Melbourne gives a bit more time between carnivals. But um, the good thing is, you know, it's uh, she's, she's a filly on the up, so there's going to be lots of options for her. Are you going to be a, a summer sensation again this summer, uh, Robbie? <laughs> we hope so. We've still got some Santa bills to pay, so we, we're hoping that we can, uh, we can uh, fill up the stocking with those, you know. Do you tend to marshal as many troops as you can about now for the next, say, three months? We always have because, as a, as a rule, you get you know the right grade of racing for the inexperienced horses that you might be bringing through, and you predominantly have dry ground, so you know that there's not a not as much needed in their favour. So they can handle dry ground, have the right volume of races available to them, 
and run for good prize money. So it gives them the opportunity to earn their way through the through the rankings, and if they're going to become uh, you know good horses down the track, they'll work their way into carnivals as they as they build their race profile. One hey, horse. Yeah. I was going to say one horse that may um, not be a summer horse. He could be better than that. Is Ray Magnera, who we saw on the final day. What's what's the plans with him? Well, he's going to. Um, he's had a little freshen up down at the Water Walker in the in the paddock and so on, and he's going to kick off at uh, at um, Geelong on the sixth of uh, their standalone meeting on the sixth of January into nice. the twentieth. Yeah, into the twentieth of January at Flemington and. Uh, and he's got a being a 78 rate rating now. He's got the opportunity to still use his rating band in the 78s and the 84s before he steps into the open grade. So um, if he continues to do that, he's going to get maximum uh, prize money for his owners before he takes on the big league. Hey Robbie, um, just curious to know if you've if you've got if you have or plan to. Go and see the South African racing. You've got a South African training partner and his father, Mike DeCock, is the greatest ever South African trainer. I watch a lot of South African racing because I'm up late sometimes. Um, <laughs> Val, Kenilworth and all these sort of places. It's amazing that how small a group of stallions there are represented. There's about five stallions that uh, represent all the runners over there. Canford Cliffs, I see, is over there. And Mike DeCock told me once that he actually thought that the South Australian breed was good enough where he'd love to bring some over here and Maybe some of them appear in your stable, but logistically difficult to do. Are you curious about your training partner's racing um, background and, and, and South African racing? Absolutely. You know, Matt and I have spoken at length about, you know, when, when we get the time to to go home together or go home for him and first time for me, because he wants to, um, you know, show me all the uh, all there is to see in South Africa and, you know, and especially with uh, Drakenstein Stud that, that uh, Sarasana's ownership you know, races in those colours and they could the guineas on, on the weekend. So there's a lot there that, uh, there's a lot there he wants to show me and also too, there's a lot of breeders there that are, you know, showing great interest in, uh, in Australian racing now that we've seen the results. So, and it's not off the table that some horses could come across from there. We, we've been yeah. talking about possibly Future, getting some. Uh... Williams Longs, but there's all these that I keep seeing them all pop up. Erupt is another one. Um, well, be our new South African expert. I, I South African expert, and and I've got a mate called Nils. <laughs> now, Robbie, this is this is very important. Oh. I've got a mate called Nils, who's a, a bizarre sort of character. He flies planes. He was in the South African Army. He's a free diver and all this sort of stuff. He's got a property on the Eastern Cape, and we're getting a crew going over there to see, in inverted commas, the real South Africa in about a few months' time. So if you want to see the real South Africa, as Tell in, you know, the South Africa... Like of, you're looking for a sponsor. Is that what yeah, you're trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you'd like to sponsor the... No, no, no. So, and he's, he's going to fly angle. us all around and go to all the places that no one goes to, like, you know, where what, what it would have been like, you know, 30 years ago and safari type stuff. So... I'll, I'll put you down. I won't put you down quite as the sponsor yet, but I'll put you down as a participant. <laughs> On, on that yeah, note, Robbie... Sounds, yeah, he sounds a bit dodgy, doesn't it? <laughs> and, he, and the last photo, he, he had a triple heart bypass the last time he was there. This is a true story. And I had lunch with him before that, and he said, oh, this is the... I survived this one. He showed me a, a plane that had ditched in a jungle. This is a 100% true story. Wine shop, David. And I, was thinking, and I said, you want to fly us around? You've just had a heart attack, and you're showing... showing the only photo you've got with a plane is it's in a jungle, and you survived it. He goes, but I survived. <laughs> Uh, well, you've sold Robbie. There's no doubt about that. <laughs>
Absolutely. He's speechless. Yeah, yeah, no, you're back to you. You're backing out. I can tell yeah. you're backing out. I'm just going to see the cardiologist first to make sure I can survive. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there's, there's your issues as well, of course. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Do you remember at the start he said he wants Six to make... Six went and two came back. That'll be a good he ratio. He wants to make 35-year anniversary. Yeah. Uh, uh, Robbie, well done on a memorable weekend, mate. Terrific. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, Robbie Griffiths joining us there.